for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to the Fall Podcast. Today we have another coffee call, and this one's a pretty unique one. We're going to step outside the box a little bit and actually talk about uh, how to apply for non-resident tags or how to go about getting them over the counter, how much they cost, and you know what you get with that tag. So I thought uh, this would be a cool topic to to cover, especially when somebody reached out and asked about how to apply for tags for like Iowa and Kansas. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it'll be a cool one. Yeah. It's, I think it's something that people, you know, always have on their mind, but kind of don't know where to start. And to be honest, uh, you know, it can be very overwhelming, uh, because some, some States have, you know, the process laid out, you know, very simply others, you feel like you're going back to, middle school trying to learn Spanish. So <laughs> exactly. Uh, some of them, it's, some of them are really great. Others are not so great. And, uh, it's easy to get frustrated or just say, screw it and go somewhere else. But it for sure is, but the information is all there. Um, I've had some success just calling the 800 numbers and actually talking to a real person and just helping me navigate the websites and stuff. So it's not that bad. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. A lot of the DNR websites is like, looking at the human brain and Michigan's one of them. I mean, when you go on there and you're trying to find something like it, it can be difficult sometimes and frustrating. So, you know, we just kind of want to try to alleviate that process a little bit and kind of give you guys some information. We'll give you basic points here and just kind of, you might need to take it from there. We pulled all this information off either, you know, past experiences, the tags that we've applied for or different states that we've hunt and the ones that we haven't, then we went online and got that information from the DNR. So, 
you know, hopefully this will be the most relevant information because, I mean, it seems like every year tags, they prices will go up or they fluctuate, they'll go down. And then, you know, a lot of states, they'll change their process from year to year, it seems like. So it's kind of hard to stay up on the know, basically, on all these states. Yeah, it really is. But before we do get too far into it, you know, last week we didn't have a coffee call for for some reasons. Justin was actually out in uh, in Utah at a show, which was he had a great time out there. I think we're going to cover that on uh, next week's podcast in the intro. But uh, the other reason is I actually had surgery on my hand, and a lot of people reached out and asked, you know, what happened. So this is I'm just going to kind of go down this rabbit hole for a little bit and let everybody know and. Uh, try not to take too much time but so back in August I was down in Kansas uh, hanging tree stands on Chris and Casey's lease and I was checking cameras and everything and for anybody that watches Rival Wild so one of Chris's favorite stands on the property is called the junkyard he actually killed a deer Baba Bowie from there uh, that that tree or that stand there is a trail cam on a locust thorn tree and uh, I was down there by myself, had the four-wheeler out there, and, and I was checking cameras. And when I went down to uh, kneel down to to open up the camera, you know, in the back of my head, I had this thought, like, you know, there's locust thorns that, you know, when I put the camera on the tree a couple days prior, I had knocked some locust thorns off. And, and if anybody doesn't know what a locust thorn is, these things can be like two inches and, in, you know, long and pretty big in diameter. And that's exactly what this tree was. When I put my knee down, I f- started to feel some pressure on my knee because I thought in my head, like, there could be some on the ground. Don't get one in your knee. Well, when I did that, I tried to stand up and I kind of lost my balance and I started falling right into the tree. And instead of like going face first into it, I, my instinct was to grab the tree and I grabbed the tree with my right hand and I had a locust thorn go in my hand uh, in between my pinky and my ring finger on my right hand and immediately when I grabbed it I like wanted to reach or take my hand off and it, and it broke the locust thorn off and it just started bleeding like crazy right there so I didn't know exactly if it was in there or not so I immediately went to the ER and they took x-rays. The doctor, he he opened me up, numbed me up, opened me up and couldn't find anything. He gave me some antibiotics. I flew home the next day. So when I got home, it just started hurting like crazy and swelling up. So I went back to the doctor and did more x-rays and they couldn't find anything either. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe there isn't anything in there and it's just, you know, some irritation. So I went through dropped. I spent 30 days on dropped and it hurt every single day on dropped. And I'm like, gosh, I know there's something in there. And it was swollen up the whole time. And I got back and then we went right into the fall. So it was like, you know, and it got bearable. Like it got the pain got bearable where it wasn't like every day, but it was, you know, here or there. After the season, I decided to go to my family doctor, went there, took an x-ray, couldn't find anything. Well, he referred me to a specialist. I went and took an MRI the MRI showed up that there was a thorn actually in my hand. So six, seven months, however long, there's been a thorn in my hand. So I finally had got it scheduled where I could have surgery to take it out. So that was this last week. And so they, they had to put me under and uh, open up my pinky and they had to go in. And, it, and what had happened is the MRI showed that it worked its way all the way down to my pinky, like in my on my bone. And it was on my bone and my pinky. So it 
couldn't move any farther. It, could, it wouldn't work its way out. It wouldn't, it wouldn't do anything. And uh, when they got in there, they found a whole bunch of infection and like pus pockets around it and everything. And that's why they couldn't stitch it up. I had to, it was, they had to keep it open. And so it healed from the inside out. So in a roundabout way, that was the story. Uh, actually, the doctor said it was really, long, really big. He said it was almost an inch long. It was just short of an inch. And um, if you look at a pen at the end of it, he said it was about as big as a pen in diameter. So it was, <laughs> it was rather big. <laughs> Jeez. So, but that's that story. So I wanted to get that out there for everybody and let everybody know. So we're uh, we're up to par there, and we will be having. Uh, Back on schedule. Back on schedule. This one will be out, you know, a day late, but, you know, just things get so busy with you and I, and sometimes just things don't work out. But for the most part, we'll be back on schedule for Monday, Friday. So, well, let's get into this, man. Um, I think, I don't know what you think, but I think we should start with the Holy Grail, and that is uh, your state, Iowa. What do you think? Yeah, um, I'll let you cover that because I never applied, and I just walk into Walmart and buy a license now. But I know you're, <laughs> you've been applying for a while, and you're due this year. So tell us, yeah. tell us about the process. I'm jealous. Your resident tags what twenty five, thirty bucks? Uh, something like that. And it's you can buy you can buy up to five doe tags a day. The first one's like, no, no matter what, no matter how many doe tags you end up getting, the very first one I buy is like twenty three dollars. And I could shoot a hundred more uh-huh. after that all season long, and every one I buy is only thirteen bucks. Holy cow! Okay, that's a pretty that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you're allowed five a day as long as the okay. And there's there's a quota per county, so as long as there's tags available in that county, you can keep getting them. Well, so from my experience with Iowa, so this will be my fourth year applying for Iowa. So, what you're supposed to do with Iowa is is they do what's called preference points. So. For non-residents, it usually takes four years to draw. Um, I have heard of guys drawing, you know, with three preference points. Well, what? so my scenario, I have three preference points right now going to four. So I'm almost guaranteed to draw. I should draw. So I've heard of guys drawing, going from two points to three points. And it all depends on zones too. And, you know, and I'm, I'm going for a zone that's pretty pretty hard to get but anyway so it's fifty dollars a point a year so if i want to you know apply for a point this year just a point it's fifty dollars so i've applied for the last three years so that's 150 dollars on that and then when i go to apply for my tag so like this year i'm actually going to try to pull my tag what you have to do is pay for the tag in full so the tags 544 dollars and what you do is you pay the state of Iowa that. And if you don't draw, they will reimburse you that money and take $50 of that out, uh, for the preference point. So a lot of guys, you know, I've talked to, they will actually try to apply for a tag every year. Even if they don't have any points, they'll apply for it. They'll pay the, you know, $544. And if they get it, they get it. If not, then they, you know, the state of Iowa takes that $50 out and gives you a point. Now all said and done, you know, $50 a year for a point for four years, you know, that's 200 bucks plus your $544. You're looking right around that $745 range for a tag. Once you pull it really expensive, but you know, you only do it every four years or so. And it's the Holy grail. I mean, it's, it's the golden ticket. It really is. And it's a place that people try to go to every year. And it's something I'm going to apply for every year, even, 
you know, if I pull a tag this year, next year I'm going to be putting my $50 back in to try to get, you know, four more years built up, you know. Right. And it's, you know, it's one thing that people may not realize too about Iowa is how much public land there is here. And it's a lot of timber, a lot of like river bottom ground, like just ideal habitat for whitetails. And it's don't think that you need to find an outfitter to come to Iowa because you don't. I mean, there's so much ground here. And if, if you're willing to just put the time in to scout, you know, and, you know, if it means you have to take a week off of work, that's all you got to hunt, you know, find somebody that can at least try to send you some pictures or go hang a trail cam for you or do something. I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're any, any kind of a, you know, somewhat savvy of a whitetail hunter, you can show up and look at a map and, you know, kind of figure out where you should go and what to do. And you're going to see deer. Um, you may not see, you know, those coveted 180 class deer, but I mean, it's just all a matter of, you know, keeping in perspective, it took you four years to get this, you know, what do you want out of it? So, right. Um, exactly. If you just, if you just want the experience and you want a shot, you know, at a, at a mature buck, you know, or if you're putting a number to it, like 130 or 150, you know, it, it's all doable on public land. Mm-hmm. So, so don't overlook those options if you do draw that tag. Yeah, and and that's kind of the that's kind of the ring I'm fighting with right now. Coming down and either hunting with you or hunting with um, some private ground with a guy I know. So I I might do both or you know one or the other. So that's that's for another discussion. But um, when yeah. you when a non-resident when they do get that tag, you get to kill a you get to take one buck and one doe. Um, I'm not sure on multiple does. I, I I really don't know that. That's just what I know of. Um, and the deadline for that application is June 2nd this year. So get your applications in for your points or your tags by June 2nd. And it's open right now, I believe. Yeah, you right? can. I think yeah. you can apply for it through, from January until June 2nd, I think. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's something I would definitely look into. And, yeah, it does sound like a lot of money, but it only happens every four years, and some of the biggest deer in the world are over there. So really yeah, look into and, it. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, one thing I kind of started doing when I got here was looking, you know, where's the pockets of like the good genetics, like Missouri or up in Wisconsin, like all these states that are bordering Iowa. It's like, you know, it is a geographical thing where, you know, these, these big deer tend to be kind of, I don't want to say isolated, but you do see bigger deer in certain states, obviously. And, um, you know, that leads me into some information I have on the state of Wisconsin, I've been I've been hunting Wisconsin now for four years, I think it's been, and this is an over-the-counter tag. Anybody can get it, and what's cool about Wisconsin is um, if it's your very first time to go hunt there, whether you're hunting deer, turkeys, ducks, uh, whatever, um, your first license is significantly cheaper than your second, third, fourth, and so on for the rest of your life. So, for example, as a deer hunter... A first-time license is 80 bucks for a non-resident. Right at Walmart, over-the-counter, you're good to go. That gets you one buck and one doe. Uh, the season opens on September 15th and closes January 6th. That's archery. And the gun season is November 17th to November 25th. And that gets you one buck and one doe as well. Now, wow. after you so buy it's that, only 80 bucks the first yeah, year? For, for a first, yeah, the first time, it's 80 bucks. Wow, that's cheap. Yeah. And... Let me tell you, I've been hunting there now for four years. Um, I know what's there. I got 
friends who live there that have had me up, you know, to hunt some of their private ground. And there is, there is a good bit of public ground there too. I wouldn't say there's as much as, as Iowa, but, um, you know, things like Onyx or Base Map, you can get on there and see just exactly how much and where and, you know, how big it is. But I'm telling you that Wisconsin is a, I mean, I, I think it's like a sleeper state. I think it's really overlooked as far as the caliber of bucks that it can produce. I mean, because I've seen, I've seen 180s, you know, pushing 200 inch deer come out of there. I've gotten pictures of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, after that first year, uh, 80 bucks. Your your second, you know, so from your second year on, it's 160. Again, still over the counter, one buck, one doe, and it's the same price for a gun. It, both both licenses go up to 160. Okay, so after your first year, it's it's going to be 160 from there on out then. And that's still pretty yes. darn cheap, honestly, in the grand scheme oh, of yeah. things. Yeah, and you got a season that starts in September and goes yeah. all the way to the first week of January. So, I mean, it's the only one longer that I know of is um, Ohio. Right. Well, that one goes yep. till February. Yep. But, uh, I mean... You find a place right on the Mississippi River there, it's no secret how good river bottom ground is for whitetails. I mean, you're on the biggest river in the country there, so yeah, lots of possibility. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you mentioned Ohio, so good segue there. Let's let's move on over to Ohio. And Ohio's a, a state that I've hunted the last three years in a row, I think, somewhere in there. Yep. Um, and, I, and I first started Ohio... I hunted there back in college one time and then uh, kind of took some time off and then, you know, I've been back ever since. So the good, I love Ohio because Ohio is obviously really close to Michigan. I can be to where we hunt in like five hours and, you know, you can leave on a Friday evening, hunt Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and I can be home. And that goes for like, if you live in Pennsylvania, uh, Kentucky, uh, Indiana, even Illinois, you know, you're, you're there within five, eight hours and that's, that's relatively not that far. Yeah. So for their prices, and I think their prices had just went up this last year because before it was like $150. So with a non-resident in Ohio, your hunting license is $146. And then to get your permit, it's uh $41. So that's, that's roughly around hundred hundred ninety dollars and you're hunting one buck and uh you can in select counties you can kill does as well so it's really cheap and it's really close and their season i love ohio because their season goes so long like it starts i think it's the last saturday in september every year and it goes like you said till february like the first week in february and like that's just crazy that season is so long and you get so many opportunities you know and this year a lot of people are thinking like, oh, yeah, you hunt late in January. There probably won't be a lot of bucks holding. This year there were. Like I saw a lot of bucks. I mean, when I went down there in the muzzleload season and during bow season, like I was seeing late in late season, I was seeing a lot of bucks. Yeah, that's – I don't know if it's something with the with the weather this year or what. Or maybe I, maybe I just started paying more attention. But uh, it seems like only right now are we really starting to see the sheds really – you know, pile up out there. I think they kind of held a little bit longer than usual, but yeah. And I, I actually pulled a camera today on my farm here in Michigan and I had two shed bucks on there and that was about 
just about a uh, well, it was it wasn't quite a month ago that they were on there, but two shed bucks had come by, and uh, so I'm excited to get all this snow gone so we can get out there. Um, and I yeah. don't know if I mentioned about Ohio, but it is over the counter. I don't know if I mentioned that before. Anybody can come there and hunt that state. So you just okay. go to a Walmart, like Justin said, it's the easiest thing to do. Go to Walmart and uh, go back in the sporting goods section and, and buy your tag. Yep, yep. And one thing I don't know, if I don't think I mentioned about Wisconsin, uh, just backing up for one second, is uh, they actually have a mobile app. It's called Go Wild. So it's available on Android and iOS, and uh, you just download that app. You create your your state ID number, and you can actually buy everything you need resident or non-resident right there on the app it's really really slick that's cool and i think missouri's got something like that too i don't know if you can buy the tags on the app but i know you can check all your deer in on the app so like when you when you kill a deer you can go right on the app you don't even have to call them go on the app and go through a process i've said it in a podcast a while back too go through the process and you punch your tag right there and it's and you're in the system it's all good to go you're done and I mean that might be a good segue too from Missouri. Yeah, for sure. That's Missouri, man. They, there's, I, th- I think they're shooting themselves in the foot. A non-resident can go in there and buy an over-the-counter archery tag and a rifle tag, and their rifle season starts on like November seventh. So it's like they're opening up gun gun season, you know, rifle season at that to anybody over the counter during the rut. Like that's, I mean, it doesn't yeah. Make, a lot of sense to me personally, like if from a management standpoint, but if you're looking for a, you know, a great hunt, you know, best bang for your buck kind of thing, uh, Missouri is definitely the one you want. Yeah. I mean, Missouri, it's $225 over the counter. Anybody can go there. Non-resident fee. It's a two buck state. So you, a non-resident can kill two bucks and you know, you can go and kill does there as well. And their season lasts a long time as well. I mean, it starts September 15th, right around there, and goes all the way till January 15th. So it's a long season compared to like a Michigan when you're opening on October 1st and you're done on December 31st or January 1st, you know. So it's a, it's a long season. Uh, it's a cheap tag, and you can kill two bucks. That's Yeah, you can't beat that. It's like I said, that. The gun season, they're a rifle state, and it opens up like the first week in November. It's, I don't know how they have the caliber of deer that they do. I know it. Yeah, and, and good point that you made. It is a rifle state. You can use a high powered rifle there. So that's that's another yep. good check mark as well. What yeah. uh, what do you have next on your list there? Um, I've got Kentucky. Okay. Oh, okay. Kentucky. I don't know much about Kentucky. It's always a state that I've been wanting to go to. Yeah, um, I have been. A couple times and uh again it's one of those ones that i went to thinking like you know with i don't have very high expectation uh it's kind of a southern state like that appalachian region but i'm telling you right now like there are big bucks there it's probably one of the most recorded big buck states in the books and it's over the counter for a non-resident um Bow season starts September 1st and goes to January 21st. Gun season starts November 10th and ends on November 25th. Uh, there's an annual hunt fee of 150 bucks, but then you get a statewide tag for 185 and you get four deer on it. Oh, wow. Can you kill two bucks or can you, is it only a one buck state? 
Um, it goes by zone. So okay, I, I do not have the breakdown for every zone because I figure if that's something people want to look into, uh, you know, it's it's all on the same page. All the information is on the same page of their website. But uh, just the quick and dirty numbers. Um, again, you've got a September archery season that goes until January. Uh, you've got a the 10th to the 25th, a 15-day gun season. One thing I do not know about that gun season is if it's if it's shotgun or rifle. I, I could not find that, and I've never hunted there during gun season. So okay, it, and my biggest thing that I to add to your you know your points there is that you can kill a velvet deer there. I really yes. that intrigues me. Yes, you can, and I know we're talking about whitetails here, but you can apply for elk tags in Kentucky as well. They're ten bucks a piece, and you can, you can apply up to four for four of them a year. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and I know. I think the statistic I saw last year, because I, I started applying last year for the 2018 season, and in 2017 they had three bulls come out of there over 400. Holy cow! I, I guess I didn't even yeah. know they really had a big herd of elk. Yeah, I, I didn't either. I was I was cruising the website looking for deer information, and I saw elk, and I was like, what? And I started looking at the maps and, like, the harvest stats and stuff and, you know, distribution maps, and I was like, wow, there's a decent number of elk there. And I don't know what the odds are of pulling a tag there, but like you just said, you didn't even know elk were there. And yeah, I didn't either. For 10 bucks, I'll take my chances. Heck, yeah. That's Is it? Well, you probably don't, I don't know if you dove really far into that, but is that like a, an outfitter thing or is there some DIY elk in there? Um, I think it's, I think you can do DIY, but if I had to guess, there's probably a lot of outfitter support okay. involved. I might have to look like farther a, into that. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's just, it sounds like a really, really awesome resource that they have. So I'm wondering what's in place to, to protect it. And I'm going to guess that maybe having a guide of some sort is probably part of that. Well, cool. That's a that, that's some interesting things I did not know about Kentucky. One state that really stands out to me, and I got to hunt one time late season, uh, is Illinois. And you know, when when I first started with Chris and Casey, Illinois, we hunted Illinois for the first three years that I started with these guys. And I Illinois might still be, I mean, if not my favorite, it's it's close to a number two on my list of deer hunt states. I mean some big deer. I've filmed the two biggest whitetails I've ever, you know, we were ever got to kill in Illinois, uh, 183 yep. inch eight pointer and a 175 inch, uh, just freak. And, you know, it always goes back to Pike Brown and Adams County, you know, the golden triangle down there. And, you know, growing up, that's what you heard of Pike County, Pike County, Illinois, Pike County, you know, and it's like, I've actually got to be there and kind of go on some of the pieces that are down in Pike, Brown, and Adams, and there's some other great counties too, but I really like Illinois. I, I definitely want to get back there in the next couple of years to hunt. You know, so it, so Illinois is cool because it's a two-buck state as well for a non-resident. It's over-the-counter. Anybody can go there. Uh, the cost of a non-resident archery combo deer permit, so that gets you a one either sex or one antlerless, is $410. So you're getting up there a little bit higher, you know, getting closer to that Iowa uh, price tag, but there's no preference points. It's over the counter. And a non-resident, like I said, can take uh, two bucks and unlimited does. So one buck must be taken with a bow, though, and one has to be taken with a shotgun or a muzzleloader. So you can't use a rifle, I don't think, 
you can use a rifle. We couldn't use rifles back, you know, back when we were hunting there, and I don't think they've changed it. So it's always been shotgun or muzzleloader. And uh, their season dates go from October 1st till January 19th, right around there. So that's a state I definitely want to get back to. And I, and you haven't been hearing a lot about Illinois lately, but it's starting to come back up on that uh, that that uprise. Yeah. Yeah, I think kind of was one of those places that got so much attention for such a long time that it kind of got shot out. And then, uh, like you said, it's on the rise again, I think, because people kind of realized, you know, the caliber of deer isn't as consistent as it used to be. So they've kind of moved around a little bit and given the deer a little break, it seems like. But, uh, yeah, it's always one of those places that is going to produce. I mean, the gene pool is the gene pool, and they just need time to grow. Yep. I mean, you you hit the nail on the head there. That's uh, that's for sure. I'm I'm reading here. This last state I want to cover is uh, Kansas. You know, is my last one on the list. And you've you've hunted Kansas before, haven't you? Um, trying to think. Or have you only filmed in Kansas? I've filmed there, but I've turkey hunted in Kansas. I've never deer hunted there. Okay. I film I filmed there a lot. Yeah, and that's something I wanted to cover this state. I've never hunted it, but. The last three years, I we filmed like basically the whole year there, the whole fall, and uh, it's it's a really cool state. It's a, it's a long drive for me. That's the only bad thing. I mean, it takes us fourteen hours to get to where we're going, but for non-residents, you know, for Kansas, it used to be over the counter. Now there's an application process that you have to go through to to to, to get a tag. It's starting to become kind of like Iowa in a way. But uh, the non-resident whitetail deer permit is right around four hundred and forty dollars, uh, and you can—it's a one-buck state. Um, the application deadline is April twenty-six, so it's coming up here, you know, for this year. So if anybody wants to get their application in, it's—it's it's coming up. Uh, the non-resident hunting license is right around a hundred dollars, ninety-seven fifty, I believe. Uh, I have in my notes, so you know, so it's—it's it's up there, right around five hundred dollars for a tag. A little over, you know, but and you get one buck and you can kill you can kill some does as well. And Kansas has some really good public land as well, though. If uh, if public's what you're into, and I know there's a lot of farmers out there, you can always go knock on some doors and and uh, try your luck there. But Kansas, there are some giants. And a cool thing about Kansas, the farther west you go, you can actually kill whitetails and mule deer. So that's another cool draw, you know, where you can go out there and, and hit both. I, I don't actually, I don't, I didn't look at it. I don't know if non-residents can kill a whitetail and a mule during the same season. I probably should have looked that up, but I, I know you can kill both once you get a little farther. I think for non-residents, it's one or the other, and it depends on what Is zone it? you apply for. Yeah. If you okay. apply for one of those zones further West, um, it's just a buck deer tag and it's good for either antler or it, excuse me. It's good for either whitetail or mule deer. Is, is I got you. I think it's laid out. Okay. Yeah, we we're not that far west, so we don't really have to deal with that much, and so yeah, yeah. But that was like the last state that I wanted to cover, and you know we're almost up on time here. I don't know. Did you have any more on your list there? Uh, nothing with any specifics like we've kind of talked about, but just some general like, you know, at the top of the list, kind of just general information. Um, Montana, I think, is one that if if you're not looking into into Montana or those western states for a whitetail hunt. Um, the sheer number of whitetails that exist in Montana, you know, is, is enough to make me want to, to try that one of these days. Um, I don't think you're going to kill a giant there, but 
uh, the, just like I said, just the number, the, the herd size throughout eastern Montana, like along the Milk River. And from what I've seen in Montana, if you can just get on river ground, you're going to find whitetails. And then once you get up into some of that mountain country, that's where you're going to see the mule deer. And they tend to not really intermix. Um, I would guess you're probably going to see like a 130 to a 150 kind of a size range in the antlers of bucks there. But there's just so many of them that you just kind of put your time in and wait for the one you like. Um, but outside of that, you mentioned um, velvet deer. And one yep. place that I know just started offering velvet hunts, uh, I missed the boat last year, is um, Tennessee. They have an urban zone velvet you know, buck only archery season in August. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And it's all urban zone stuff. So, I mean, it's, there's that's a open lot to of non-residents as well. Yes. Okay. Yep. That's, that's and, intriguing. Uh, it is. Um, I forget who did it. Somebody made a short film about it last year. Ah, uh, the I seek one rec- guys. Yeah. Yep. Seek one did it. Yep. And, uh, if you haven't seen that, go check that out because it's it's a really cool process. And those guys are animals, man. I want to get them on the podcast too. That might be something we do. But the guys from Seek One Productions, go to their YouTube page, man. They kill. They hunt out of Atlanta, Georgia, in urban zones, and they, yep. I mean, they kill one eighties, one nineties, two hundreds. I mean, giants. And it's we got to get them on the podcast. That makes me want to get them on now. <laughs> Yeah, I think they went to like they went to the surrounding area of Nashville. I mean, they were right outside of downtown Nashville, and I think I know one guy killed. I don't know if they killed more than one or not, but it was funny. They're knocking on doors like in golf course communities, and these guys are like, "Yeah, there's four that come out every day. Eat my flowers, kill them all." Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know about that. The I mean, one last state that I want to throw on there is Wyoming. And Wyoming's very high on my list. I got to film there one year. Um, I was out there filming for the opener. September 1st is their opener. And it's just what you see on TV. Like, if you're watching Realtree, you know, or or Bone Collector, or any of those TV shows out there, when they go out to Wyoming, it's velvet bucks all over. And you're hunting them off these green irrigated fields. And it's, it's a lot of fun. You see a lot of deer in... The quality of your bucks, there's there's great quality deer there, but to get your, you know, 150s, 160s, 170s, they're pretty few far in between. But like you said with Montana, the 130 to 140 to 150, there's there's plenty of them. And mature deer, there's plenty of those. So that's that's another state that I really want to get to one of these days. Yeah, I'm actually I'm supposed to be going there this year for that. I, I'm I jealous, man. You didn't tell me that. <laughs> Uh, it's not it's not a done deal yet, but it's on the it's in the works. Yep. Yeah, I I say we wrap this one up. I mean, it went a little longer, but you know, with the intro and everything, and and uh, everybody was asking about it, so I wanted to get that out there. But this is something a little different we we did here, and and I kind of want to do these like this as well. I mean, if anybody has any specific states that they want information on, I'll be happy to go and and try to find something that you guys might not be able to find and. And uh, we'll do some more like this if we if uh, we have some, you know, need for it. But, um, yeah, so, sorry for not having a coffee call last week. You know, just a little busy. Justin was gone, and I was 
I was laid up for a couple days and everything, but we're going to get back on the same schedule every Friday, coffee calls, every Monday, main show. And speaking of Monday, this upcoming Monday, we got a really cool one with uh, Sean Ferendorf and talking about public land, two public land studs that he killed in some really unique ways of how he did it. So I'm excited about that one, man. Yeah, I can't wait to, to get that one out. I've kind of turned into a public land guy myself this year, and I don't know, I'm just anxious to see his take on it because I know he's got quite a reputation for it. For sure. Well, let's wrap this one up, and everybody get out there, get some sheds, do some scooping, as they call it, and uh, find some sheds and uh, stay warm. If any of you guys are in the market for new cables and strings, look no further than America's Best Bowstrings. And if you want more information on them, go to americasbestbowstrings.com and tell them the guys from the Fall Podcast sent you.